Why, hello. Oh my gosh, Tom Curtis beat you by like 10 seconds. Oh, I was here. I was here a long time ago. I just didn't click on. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. I am currently in a hotel room, as you guys can see, because I'm on spring break. So, yes. you know, not the usual musical studio setting. Where are you on spring break? Uh, Lake Havasu. Ooh. So catching some sun after being very cold in Nebraska for the last right. few months. Very smart. I'm finally like becoming my natural color again. I got some highlights. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Nebraska and they're all going to be like, did you bleach your hair? I'm like, no, I just existed in the sun. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> You're human again. Are you guys still in LA and New York? Yes. Yep. I am, I'm upstate and Tom is in Culver City, rocking the house. Although Tom, you've moved the, um, you've moved your, your dog. Well, you know, and I know it's going to be on video. I moved the dog pet. Right. So I'm just warning now, Barrett, my dog is going to come into camera. It's better to let her roam freely because if I close the door, she will tear it down and try to get on camera. So. That's okay. Your dog is adorable. So I think everyone will appreciate it. (laughs) And I've moved into our crazy wallpaper room. That is like some background you got there. Right? It's it's real. That's actually the room I'm in. Um, Dang. You could have convinced me that it was painted, not just like a wallpaper. Like, yeah, we had somebody come and do some original artwork above our (laughs) fireplace. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we have some really fun wallpaper in our house. <laughs> oh, I will be glad to like finally move out of like undergrad dorm world so that I can, you know, make my apartment look like a livable space. Right. Right. Oh my gosh, right. How has it been COVID wise for you during all this? Have you been able to sort of even, you know, obviously last time we talked, you were doing some remote stuff and then, mm-hmm. um, and now, but you're, everything's back in person, yes? Yes, everything's back in person. Um, I'm finally allowed to have my recital, which is good. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. have my recital in April. I sent y'all both the Facebook invite if you wanna tune into the live stream or go to Nebraska if you're really bored. Um, <laughs> I bought my like, ticket already. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish. No, yeah. we'll, we'll... it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, and then a year ago today, you guys just did some very fun recording stuff, as I saw on the Facebooks. We did. A year ago today, we were, was it actually today that we did that? No, it wasn't exactly, no, but it was, it was. Around, it was in March, I think. Yeah. yeah. At some point. Yep. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Well, I think that's the perfect springboard into actual interview content. We could do the whole intro thing. But also you've been on the show before. And so, and you know, people have Google and they'll be able to like, know, hey, these are the people who write songs for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So that's what we're gonna do because I don't believe in doing a super formal show. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so one thing I noticed as I have been watching with 
the rest of the world. I didn't get a screener for this one. So instead of binging the whole season, I've been watching, you know, the two episodes as they come out every week. And like what stuck out to me is musical content wise, at least thus far, this season has been so different. Like we don't have, you know, that many, you know, just full musical numbers. And so what was the process like with bringing these songs to life in, you know, a different context where, you know, they're, aside from a couple not going to be performed, you know, on a stage with a visible audience? That was one of the challenges this year, just overall, is that everything was so different. And that was exciting for us because it wasn't the same as season three, where it was like, we knew we were going to be in the Shy Baldwin world. We knew we were going to like really focus on concert and that sort of thing. But, uh, and there's my dog, like I warned you. And uh, so this year it was about like these crazy wild things where we're going to go from like, hey, let's write a fake musical that's going to sort of be in the background or let's write a burlesque number for us for someone stripping on a, you know, with a window washer on a scaffolding, you know, so it, it was so wildly different. And so each assignment was so fun and different. That kind of was what we were focusing on is just the fun of getting to sort of stretch. Yeah, and it's, it, it is true that we, we were, you know, given, like you said, last year was so music, it was song focused, it was about songs. This year has just been much more music focused around, around the, you know, much bigger scope of what we've been doing, which has been really fun, kind of great to spend. We've actually recorded more cues for this year than we did the previous cue, the previous year, and that's been really, really great. The first couple episodes, I was so surprised when I noticed that One Last Angel just kept coming up, not just, you know, like in dialogue where they're like, ah, this One Last Angel guy, Shy Baldwin, um, to the point where it like kind of became like an even like musical joke that happens in, you know, transition scenes or, you know, you hear somebody say the words shy Baldwin and then in the score you usually have one last angel or no one has to know just suddenly like have a phrase or two in the background did you guys know this was going to happen or was this like a surprise that the score like gave to you it was very funny that was a really funny surprise to us I mean because you know the, the truth is we are so on a need to know basis you know we we like you we a lot of the season we didn't see till it came out you know we we are given the assignments for the music we're gonna write and we work really intricately on those moments. So I knew everything there is to know about Shy Baldwin this year. We knew everything there was to know about all of the stripper stuff this year, but we didn't know any of the other stories. So we didn't know what they were talking about with you know all of that um, subplots, all the plots that don't, have, that don't revolve around the music that we worked on. So it really was a, a really fun surprise for us. I think it just, one of the things we set out to do is just to create stuff that just feels a part of the world. And so for this year, I think it was actually in the trailer, they used that joke, which with Susan going, shy who, one less, what, F em. And we both loved it because it was like, oh, so now this song is part of just the mythology of the world. And, right. and because it is a hit song, of course people will be making fun of it in that world. Right. So right. our job, like as soon as I saw that, I felt like, okay, that is actually one of the biggest testaments to the job well done. Yes, now the writers are like, all right, now I got all these lyrics to play with. You did their job for them. Well, part it of is it. sort of Amy making fun of us a little too. Yeah. Let's be honest. She's, yeah. she's like pointing, you know, giving us a little, a little ribbing. You know what? That's okay. <laughs> I'll take it. 
Well, something that occurred to me was this might be, you know, a you're not allowed to answer thing or it's just too early in pre-production, but are we going to get a, you know, traditional um, musical episode with the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I mean, it all started with Buffy and now like even Grey's Anatomy's done it. I'm waiting for it. Is it going to happen? Do you guys get to write the musical episode? Is it going to happen? say anything on Sassay. All we can say is we are back and things are just as crazy in the assignments as they've always been. Yeah, so. Very, very busy. We've, we've been recording since February and uh, on and off set, uh, you know, this whole time we'll be, we're taping another musical sequence this Friday. Um, so it's, yeah, there's a lot more. It'll be great. I'm very excited about it. I just want Mrs. Weissman to have her mother Gothel musical number <laughs> that's all i want yes. i totally get it well the funny thing is is that for that musical within the musical that within the show they came they danced that they go see we actually wrote four or five songs for that musical just because yeah. we didn't know what they were going to need they said we're going to need at least one song and we, we didn't know whether it was going to be filmed or what so we just start right we made up a musical and one one clue we had in the script was that one of the characters is based on rose and she's upset because the character is not so nice. And so we have a song about an annoying mother-in-law that we wrote for that, that musical in the musical, which is sort of like our little rose moment. Um, so maybe someday we were, we were teasing that if they can do the Smash musical now, they can do They Came They Dance someday. Yeah, hilarious. I, one of my favorite things about internet culture is how so often things that are like a joke in another show turn out to be a real thing. Like <laughs> the Phineas and Ferb episode, like the return of meat was like a joke that they made a trailer for on the actual show. And then so many people wanted it that it actually existed. And now it just keeps <laughs> happening. Yes. So, so please. in theory, if we all at Amy enough, it could happen. I yeah start the campaign now because it's we have a plot worked out we have some funny ridiculous songs we have some ridiculous songs that will just sit in our trunk if unless unless you start this start the campaign <laughs> i don't have any homework this week what else am i gonna do <laughs> unless i have homework that no one told me yet oh i know that's we Let have us know. we'll help yeah <laughs> you can come help us with and, our homework heck yeah I mean, as of May, I will be qualified Great. officially. <laughs> Come on over. We'll yeah. steal our I, jobs. I, Come on over. Well, I won't steal it, but I am, I am applying for assistant positions like crazy. Good to know. Good networking. Thank you. Thank you. Where uh, are you going to be? Are you coming to New York? Are you going to LA? Right now, um, it's kind of up in the air because I'm I'm doing I've decided to do the grad school thing, and so um, right now it's looking like East Coast with the current money offers, but no paperwork has been signed yet. Very exciting. Sounds a little bit how, like how we talk about the next season of Maisel. <laughs> exactly. We all we know it's going to be East Coast. Nothing's okay. really been signed yet. We can't say anything. So yeah, come on over. No spoilers. Yeah. yeah. No oh my gosh that that's what san diego comic con is going to be like for me in july it's going to be fun they should bring you out there bring you guys on one of the panels it's fun i would love that 
White Bear PR does a lot of panels. Although, is you know, is Comic Con really the place for Maisel? Is there a lot of overlap between those fan bases? Oh, there is a lot at San Diego Comic Con. It's become more of like a pop culture convention, Mm. and so. Uh, for example, last time they had it in person, some of the biggest panels were actually like the good place once upon a time in Brooklyn nine, nine. So I think we have another, I campaign. think people would go crazy for it. Yeah. You're, you're going to get our musical done and you're going to get us a, at Comic-Con in San Diego. Yeah. Got well, a lot of I mean, White Bear PR is the one that does <laughs> the panel. So I can just be like, Hey, Andrew, if you guys haven't organized this yet, you should bring them on. Absolutely. Well, so kind of on the other side of, you know, you guys putting, creating something brand new and then putting it into the mythos with this season, you guys had the unique job of writing songs for a real person, um, Harry Belafonte. How was that different? Like, what was your guys' like research process and, you know, you know, strategy for writing music for somebody who already had like a full career well the i know we were like which one of us uh the first feeling was kind of like it was going to be the hardest thing because for exactly those reasons he has such a huge catalog he's such an icon we respect his work so much we were like i I don't know what we can contribute to this like that that just why isn't he just singing one of his famous songs at the wedding and we wrote probably more songs for that moment that we didn't use uh, than anything else we've ever done for the show because we just felt it wasn't right. It just wasn't clicking. And then we were talking to Amy and she gave us just this really simple note, which was, which blew it open for us, which was that it's not one of his pop songs. It's a wedding toast. It's something that he and his band have put together for the wedding. And suddenly we're like, oh, so it's looser. It's fun. It's him making fun of Shine and Monica. It's it's something that is just meant for that wedding. And suddenly that we can do because that story, that's character, that's something that we can contribute and we're not stepping on his his legacy in any way. This is just a fun thing that he made with his band. Right. Yeah, because it is like Tom said, you know, he does have all these big hits and, and we started out trying to write another one of those, you know, like what's what's a Harry Belafonte hit? And, and it was the truth is, is exactly what Tom said, you know, once we got that note from Amy to clarify it, it really made it open, uh, really blew open the idea for us. And we came up with that Navy Monica hook, which is just so fun to try try to say like three times fast is (laughs) a real challenge. I know I had a challenge making the demos, Tom. I was like, oh God, Um, but uh, it's just a fun song. We had a blast writing it. And it, you know, it lets, and it really also lets us make a little comment on, on, what's actually happening in the plot. Cause we all know, you know, Shai's actual story. So we know this is probably a bit of a sham wedding or at least a, some kind of arrangement of some sort. So um, whether Harry Belafonte knows that or not, or guesses it, you know, I, that's not really for us to say, but we can sort of put ourselves a little bit of twist in that, in the songwriting. Yeah, it's like, it's, we just thought the main thing we thought about certainly lyrically was that it's a, it's a best man speech. It's yeah. like when your best man gets up and, and teases how you guys got together and how she tied him down, tied that guy down and all that stuff. So we played with those, those tropes and let Harry be so suave. And we had the most amazing, talented actor-singer, Josh A. Dawson, play that part. And 
when you see him on screen, you're like, ah, oh, it is a young Harry Belafonte. So it really is. Yeah, he was incredible and a really, really wonderful guy to work with. He's just spectacular. Although he too did not enjoy that I made him do Baby Made a Maybe a Yes over and over again. <laughs> it was very funny in the studio. You know, the, when we do these songs, they're so brand new. You know, we, we basically probably got approval for the song um, a week before we had to record it. So um, by the time we got approval, then we had to do the arrangement and work on it, tweak it and extend it. So, you know, I don't think Josh got it probably until two or three days tops before he had to show in, show up to the studio to record it. Um, you know, it's, it's just incredibly fast and he did it with the band. So everybody's in the room at the same time and we're doing all that. Um, and uh, it really was remarkable. He's, he's incredible. And the band we got was just so smoking. They're just so good. We had this amazing flautist and this kick-ass uh, percussionist that was just, it's such a joy to sit in the studio with them and just play and play and do take after take of different, different ideas. And, um, you know, it's, it's a real privilege and honor to get to, to, to work with those kind of musicians. I really hope people go and listen to the, the album version because it has an instrumental breakdown that you don't hear on the episode. And it is so much fun listening to that band. It's just, Absolutely. it's, we were dancing. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I was first watching it with one of my friends, they were like, wait, is this an actual like Harry tune? Did he actually, they're like, I don't remember this one. Cause <laughs> this is like one of my jazz studies friends are like, I don't know this song. And they're like ashamed of themselves for not knowing it. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, it's those jazz musicians are always like, I have all the real books memorized. I got all the fake books memorized. And they're like, wait, what is this one? Mm -hmm. And so I, I loved that for them. And I loved when we like saw, oh, wait, no, they, the guys wrote this. Perfect. No shame <laughs> needed. And Thank you so much. That, that's so yes. cool and fun. And now you guys have to like do a jazz riff on it then. Get your get your band together. Well, my 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 band is working on my recital, but <laughs> next gig. Okay. That's the, I think that's one of the fun things about music is you either get your sheet music like the day of or like the week of, or you get it like six months in advance. It doesn't really feel like there's Either you have all the time in the world to practice, so you wait until the week of, or you know you practice your sight reading skills. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, sight reading. Ah, bringing back the memories. <laughs> I, I will personally never have to do a sight reading quiz again, but I might have to administer some. We'll, we'll see what happens. I did, I did love sight, sight reading. That was, a. I guess we called it, Oral skills is, I think, what we called it in our class. You know, just, and I remember, yeah, I, I kind of had fun with that class. Although, ooh, solfege. Do not like me some solfege. Did you do movable dough or fixed dough? Uh, we did movable dough, I think. Well, the problem is that I never learned solfege. So that's, that's the problem right there. So I, I was our, I came into school as a, as a fairly good sight singer. So um, I, I, I was already able to sort of, you know, pass out of a lot of it. So, you know, you learn solfege as a tool to learn how to read, you know, sight read music, but I was already doing that. So I, you know, trying to apply solfege, it was like, was like reverse engineering my brain. And it was, yeah. They're going to come take your degree away. They might. Northwestern is going to come, they're going to hear this. Come and be and like, come and say, um, you, did not come you need to sing all of Shy Baldwin's song only using solfege. And we're like, oh, <laughs> 
I mean, it's most a lot. If you do one last angel, most of it is scalar and arpeggios. So should be pretty simple. So if you did, no one has to know you made that harder for yourself. That was a bit more of a challenge. <laughs> you two are music nerding out. Look at you. This is awesome. Well, I'm just so fun back. fact, I almost did a lesson with a composition professor who remained unnamed at Northwestern when I was performing in Chicago um, in December, but then they stopped answering my emails. Ooh. So then I didn't do it. <laughs> Who should I call? Yeah, we'll talk that. after. We'll talk yeah, after. Exactly. <laughs> no, a lot of my, some of my professors are still there, but a lot of them have moved on to other places and other <laughs> things. And yeah, we're oh, we old. <laughs> we old. <laughs> uh, well, when I, sight reading with my clarinet in my hands, easy peasy. Sight singing, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I use this instrument? Vocal folds? <laughs> What? <laughs> Vocal folds, yeah. That was actually just like someone, which which one of our singers for, for Maisel, she had to, um, oh no, it was a, we were doing a reading of a, a new musical that we're writing and our actress plays the, the actress played the flute. And so when she'd be learning songs, she would finger as she was sight reading and that would help her find like, as she sang. And right. she would have to do that. Of, of course, I'm probably doing this completely incorrectly. I don't know what. <laughs> It's good, Tom. Looks good it's, to me. It's flute. But it, was, it depends on whether our, our, we're mirrored or not mirrored. I, I yeah. never remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you didn't hold it down and go, this is a flute. <laughs> that's true. I did play the recorder, you know, in third grade. So that's probably all I know. That's the gateway drug. Oh my gosh. I'm, gateway drug? I don't know about that. I, I know recorder made several people quit music. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so when you guys were um, posting on your guys' social media, you know, hashtag new musical, was that the musical within Maisel or is that a different project? Well, we've actually got a couple, uh, more than a couple of musicals that we were working on. We're very, you know, COVID sort of stopped a lot of things for everybody, especially in theater. You know, everything that we had going on was canceled. So we had, we had about three or four productions scheduled of things and, and everything was put on hold or canceled. And, uh, you know, so we really took that time to sort of buckle down and, and finish up some projects and commissions we had been working on. And so now that those are sort of in a advanced stages, we are now having come out of COVID. I think, you know, we're hopefully knock on wood out of COVID, we'll see. Um, but uh, that now we're at a stage where we can actually present those and uh, start to get some development and, and readings and stuff. So that's kind of where we are with um, a couple of pieces that we, uh, that we have working on. We're, they're all very different. They're all very exciting and can't wait to share them. What is that, you know, time schedule look like for you guys as, you know, working musicians, you know, balancing, you know, that, you know, musical work and, you know, season five already hitting, you know, I believe still pre-production uh, for Maisel. No, like, we are fully in it. We full production. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're in the middle of shooting episode two right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, it's really interesting. You know, with theater, you know, when you're writing for theater, you're, you're not, you, you know, you're you're paid money. You're sometimes, if you're lucky, not very much money. 
and you're giving them maybe a commission or something, but you work a long time on it and, and you spend years and years and years honing it. So these, some of these shows that we're working on now, even though we are in full development mode and you know, presenting them and raising money and things like that, you know, you, none of them are gonna see the light of day until probably, you know, if we're so lucky, like the, the 23, 24 season. That's just how long it takes for these things to happen. And that's, that's, a, that's a good schedule. More likely 24, 25 for some of them. And I'm sort of like, am I still going to be alive then? <laughs> but like, you know, the, that's just the nature of, so it's, it's really funny to be doing that. And then Maisel, which is the opposite. It's just sort of like, hey, you know, we'll you know, get a call. You know, we're going to get a call in a week that's going to say, we're going to need these songs and this music for you. And we're going to need to record it in two weeks. And we're going to tape it in three weeks. So it's just like, and you're done. You don't get to edit, rework, or workshop or anything. You just got to do it get it done. And, you know, it's, so it's, it's a, it's a totally, it's two, two sides of a very different coin, <laughs> I mean, you know, well, one's a, one's a penny and one's a dime. Um, but <laughs> go with me on it. I'm just going to go with go that metaphor. With the right time. I mean, it's, it's, no, it, it's a, I think it, theater is the long game. Yeah. Theater, you just can't think about it's, it's, <laughs> I, I compare it to like, when you talk about current events and, versus geological time. <laughs> it's sort of like there's history, human history, and things, you know, Basil is moving fast and things are happening and theater moves in geological time. There's like an, a thousand years between each step. And so you just have to change your pacing. And the great thing to do it, that we've been lucky enough to do, especially because of Maisel, is have those quick projects that we can do between things. And then we'll go back to a theater piece and they're always bubbling. They're just at different paces. That speaking of the long game, this is a Tom specific question. Uh -oh. When are you joining the other hosts of Blue's Clues on TikTok? <laughs> when? Yeah, you, now you see now you're you're poking at a sore spot. You know, ever since they did the the uh, the Macy's parade float, and I was not invited as theater Steve. Um, I've been a little upset about this whole reunion of all the Steves. And uh, what happened with that? Who do I have to call, Tom? I know they, they just yeah. don't think of theater Steve as one of the major Steves. And you got to call Macy's, you know, and they made a movie, too. They made a Blue's Clues movie that's coming out with with Steve, his his brother and the last the last guy. I don't Their cousin. Yeah. Yeah. And the three of them are in it. I thought, you know, at least theater Steve should have a cameo. But hey, yeah. Absolutely. So far, my agent has not been called. So I, I yeah, <laughs> green stripes are staying in the in the closet with oh, the junior. What the heck? You know, call them. See, now you have a third thing to try to get. Get theater Steve out there. I was going to say if my go add this to my agenda. Yes, yeah, so we need to get that going because I need to see. I need to see this happening. Me, me back in my green stripes. Yes. Oh, I was going to see if my handy dandy notebook is around, but it's it's not in this room, or I would. I would pull my real live handy dandy notebook. I just added theater Steve to my uh, checklist <laughs> right after, you know, all my copy editing I got to do. Oh, please don't make people Google me and close clothes. <laughs> there are so many embarrassing videos and pictures out there of me with my big blue friends. Oh. Do, do, do your green stripes still fit? Probably not, let's be honest. Probably not, but uh, they, they took this, that shirt was kept under lock and key. I, it was in a locked cabinet every night 
they had to unlock it, give it to me, and then they put it back because the shirts were handmade. They were and more important than I ever was. So <laughs> uh, I did not get to keep one of the green stripe shirts. You know what? That's okay. At least it wasn't one of the square shirts. Oh gosh, that then it's then it's really locked in. But I did I did steal one of the letters. The magic letter. Oh no. Yeah, well, if it, if it's not playing Steve, if you guys were to do a cameo on Maisel, who would you guys want to be? Like, if you were to put yourself in a scene, where would you go? Oh my gosh, what what would we be, Tom? Would we be like like two two songwriters from you know? I think I think we have to be ourselves from that era, you know. We, I mean, I basically already look that. like I'm in the era. I know you kind of. I'm dressed right and on. look like they would not have to do much. I, I think we should be at the cafe. You. I would like to be at the cafe at the diner. And oh one yeah. Of the tables where all the comedians hang out, except we're like a young, a young music theater team. That's like we could be. We could sort of be like Candor and Ed or somebody yeah. from that who's yeah. just starting out in that era. Maybe we'll be we talking about cabaret. Like, yeah, they could be like. <laughs> I think that I think they should. That could be got fun. My sad card. Come on, <laughs> Curtis. Do you have Do you have your wardrobe ready, or or do they gotta pull something out? Oh, I would have to be fully. I I I would be the person. I, they'd have to fully wake me. I'd have to shave. I'd have some crazy costume, and I wouldn't be allowed to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We were so I mean, close. Susie could look at you guys at the table, and be like, "Who are you? I haven't seen you uh, here." I would just love to be in that in that in that diner. It'd be so awesome. Yeah, which, by the way, is literally around the corner from where I live in New York City. It is. Yeah, I didn't know it was a real diner. I thought it was yeah. a set. Nope, that's that's a real diner uh, in the West Village in New York City. Oh wow! So do you go ambush them when they're filming there? Since they're right I actually, there. Yeah, we've been there while while she's been filming. If we we stopped by and hung out with her while she filmed one of the scenes with um with Joel and Maisel. Oh, yeah. Joel That's and so Maisel. fun. Yeah, it was really Joel fun. is making me mad right now, as you can imagine. He needs to get his shit together. <laughs> no comment. No comment. That, that is my entire opinion, is he needs to get his shit together. Oh, Joel. I don't, we don't know. We have no idea how it ends. We, we know some spoilers for next, for the last season, but we don't know a lot. Oh, I, I just mean, I don't think that Joel knows how to count. <laughs> and we have to, uh, we have to be careful because now, like, you know, we were working on season five, but we're just seeing season four. So there's, I mean, I actually, you know, read the, the you know, went to the table reading of, of the first episode of season five before I had seen any of season four. So that was really confusing. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. How did they get here? <laughs> I was like, how did that happen? So it was really fun to go back and, and watch season four, see all the stuff we've done last year. That is so cool. And it's it's so interesting to me to like, see the rapid change of things when we first spoke for season one for my season one of chatting with creators when you guys did season three you're like yeah we have no idea if we're gonna do um season four of Maisel we know yeah. we want to and yeah. then now like and that was when I had like season three was all on Amazon everyone binged it because they were stuck at home 
and now people are still watching season four it's not even all out and then you guys are already in it that that's so cool to me it's great it's been really nice to be part of that family can you guys imagine doing tv again after Maisel? a hundred percent yeah we had a blast i mean it's just the the resources and the um the excitement it's it's a great totally different thing than theater and uh we love it we love to do more of it and we've been spoiled because the team at the team at Maisel is so good that uh, they've sort of spoiled us for life. Everybody involved from the top down, because Amy and Dan are such music lovers. They just, they know music inside and out. Uh, and so it's, it's been a place where you feel respected and collaborative, and that's a rare thing. And so I think it, actually in a certain way, it is like our time in theater in that it's very collaborative and we've, we've enjoyed the fact that this show isn't about us just showing up with a song and we drop off a tape and that's it, or a file. They, they really want us a part of it and they want our input. And um, I hope that we get to do that with other things we work on. 100%. Well said, Tom. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you are not dropping off actual physical tapes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's how old we are. I think what we never oh. did that. We never did that. We always had CDs. No, we did not. We had cassette tapes. Oh, yes. When did we have? We had cassette tapes. We had cassette tape demos. I have demos of Busta Buenos Aires on cassette. I have House of Seven Gables on cassette. Yeah, we had cassette oh. tables. Oh dear. At oh. least it wasn't a floppy disk. We have those too. We did have some mini discs. I had some demos of oh. mini too. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well. We recently had the Carol King musical at the theater that I work at, and we, they didn't even have those. They had to, you know, yell down the hall for their uh, manager to come in and have them listen. They couldn't even drop anything off. It's like, no, you must audition for your spot at this company here in this line. Which is kind of thrilling. Like, I love that. I mean, we've always loved the Brill Building and the the songwriter, sort of that community, that excitement of people just like every every single cubicle and door had people working and it's something that we we sort of wish we could have experienced in our lives because that this is the closest probably we've been to that is with Maisel is the sort of like you gotta write a song for Shy Baldwin come on and you know oh Harry Belafonte oh all right you know it's the same kind of thing that uh, the 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 you know the record producers would come down the hallway and say like we need songs for Elvis and you know they would they would pitch them I mean, in the latest episode, we do see, you know, a sign about Elvis coming to town. You guys could write a song for Elvis. I mean, talk about iconic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my. Uh, Great. It'd be fun. I mean, again, we don't know. We really only know a little bit of what's happening next season. But it'd be, mm-hmm. it's fun that they've moved a little further musically because this, this season four actually moved a lot of time because they went through summer and then into winter. So I think they're in 61. And that's when we you can really start playing forward toward the Elvis stuff and getting some real rock and roll. And maybe maybe we'll get to write some rock and roll. Or maybe, you know, we're hoping that it, we hope they come back to it, you know, 20 years later and we can write like 80s songs and 90s songs. <laughs> Love me some 80s. I feel like Midge would hate 80s music. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like, she would hate it. Like, why? She'd be like, "Why are you ho- hooking up your guitar to my speaker?" 
hilarious. She's like, it's no, no, the amp is for me and my voice. What are you doing? Why are yeah. you plugging your guitar into? <laughs> oh, I think that the sequel series is a long way off. We have to get through this one. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming in to the show. I so love getting to have you guys on here again, especially now that I've gotten better at doing my podcast. <laughs> Since you guys were on like episode five, I think I've gotten better at it. At least, at least that's what I tell myself. Uh, and this is something I'm trying to do now with season three. Do you guys have any questions for me? Mm, I mean, well, it was great to actually talk about sort of what you're thinking of doing, and you know, where do you see yourself in in five years? In five years. I hope to be, you know, continuing composing on the side, but my lens has kind of shifted from doing mostly film scoring to really wanting to do more nonprofit work. Mm. And so I want to create my own community-centered nonprofit with the goal of creating spaces for students who create new music to be able to perform their works oh. instead of, you know, trying so hard to get their, you know, chamber work for Perot Ensemble onto, you know, a university stage, which can be so hard to do depending on their composition program. Why not have it performed in a cafe like chamber music was meant to be performed so they can get those performances and get those, you know, real life experiences that can be hard to achieve in the high school and, you know, university scenes, while also connecting communities to new music, something I've seen as a composer and you know, working at fine arts organizations is patrons and often artistic directors are so stuck on you know, still their big four with Beethoven, Brahms, Mozart, they still want that to be their main season. Right. But I want us to you know, move forward in the world of music and start having more new music. And I think to do that, that's gonna have to start on the community level. And, you know, even with, you know, just, you know, someone wrote, you know, their own musical, but, you know, it's a lot harder, you know, for a college student to get that, you know, performed at an actual workshop as opposed to, you know, getting their friends to perform it in a cabaret for the first time at a cafe. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, so hopefully five years from now, I will be, you know, starting to get that nonprofit off the ground. And we Love will it. be That's there awesome. sitting at a table cheering 100%. on. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you. That's so exciting. Well, thank it's you so much. Good to see you again. It's so great to see you. To see Hopefully you we'll get too. to talk to you in season five. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys. Have a great rest of your night. Bye. You see you soon. Bye. Bye.